0: Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever, mainly we just shout
1: nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, I'm seated today for once. Normally I stand, but a little too much standing with my brand new PlayStation VR 2. In fact, I can actually see it here on Skype in the background of there. Oh, yeah. Of course, the audience can't. (laughs) But I, I can you can just it imagine right it. Imagine it on my black sofa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right underneath my nice Back to contrast, the Future. Nice contrast,
0: the white headset on the black sofa. There you go. Yes,
1: and the red lines on my forehead. From It is it is not as comfortable as the first headset, in my opinion. But we can get to that in my What Are You Doing, Holden? Because mm. we got some good stuff this week. What do we got? Uh, yeah, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our
0: reviews of uh, Cocaine Bear... And the Fablemans, and also the newest episode of The Last of Us, episode seven, Left Behind.
1: Awesome, not the the Christian Left Behind ones, no. Rise of the Antichrist. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that would have been a great idea if it was if we didn't have to see a gazillion movies for the Oscars we could have done a double feature of the last of us left behind with the left behind rise of the rise of the antichrist
0: it's a movie that it's played at our theater for a couple weeks at least and every time we go uh jimmy always points out how uh, wild of a name it sounds it's probably terrible but rise of the antichrist is, is quite the subtitle for your movie
1: has it been playing at our theater i, I
0: thought I, it was it, just it one, did I at think. least one or two weeks i don't think it is anymore but i
1: i thought it was just a few
0: days any who holden Let's let's do the podcast. Yes.
1: That one movie podcast. Tom <laughs> But first, Jimmy,
0: let's do the toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms Broca, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Broca's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy,
1: let's get to it. Speaking of Tom Broca, Cocaine Bear Broca, that Tom Broca made a little cameo. Oh, that's right. That's right. You leaned over to me and
0: pointed him out because even though I. Mentioned Tom <laughs> Brokaw every week. I still don't think I'd ever seen like an actual clip of him. <laughs> I've just seen like the the family guy bit
1: that you showed me. That's yeah. like all the context I have. On uh ch- what's uh Chattahoochee. What was the name of the in Chattahoochee National Forest, a bear was doing cocaine. Yeah, Chattahoochee or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Anywho, Holden, we got a trailer to talk about this week. What are we gonna talk about trailer wise?
0: Yeah, uh, it's trailer for the upcoming AMC show, Lucky Hank, um, which kind of just a random show. I think I had mentioned it in an honorable mention for TV shows, or maybe I even had it at number 10. I don't remember. But it, regardless, it's an AMC show. No, no, Basically nothing about it. It's supposedly based off of a book called, I think it's called The Straight Man. Uh, something, I believe that's what it's called. It's from the late 90s. Um, that could be the name of your memoir, Holden um but no it's uh it's based off of a book from the late 90s but the main reason we're talking about it is because it stars bob odenkirk and has some of the people behind breaking bad and better call saul says executive producers so that could be really anyone but bob odenkirk is at least is enough to get me interested jimmy what'd you think of the trailer
1: I mean, it, I think it looks fine. I will not be watching it as it releases. This is a very much... If it's great, I'll watch it. If it's anything less than that, I will not. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I think you're amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely... It, it's more of a drama I, like it's just a straightforward drama than uh, like breaking bad or better call Saul is. it's it seems to be focusing kind of about a guy's like the book says it's about like a guy's midlife crisis so it's this like English professor at this kind of whatever college and he he's not very happy with his life and kind of him his outbursts and kind of the consequences of those outbursts and stuff. So I'm sure Bob Odenkirk will be great i'm kind of with you i mean we'll see if it's if it's very good i'll watch it i might watch it weekly if it is good but yeah i don't know not not something not must watch as of right now yeah i'm at a bergeron here olden i think i'll also give it a bergeron as well um other news jimmy uh first off Apparently we are getting some new Lord of the Rings movies (laughs) made by new line cinema uh, collaborations between new line cinema who made the original three or I I guess I think they made the Hobbit movies too. made all of the Lord of the Rings movies Um, and also Middle Earth Enterprises which I it seems to be kind of the the holding uh, company for like Tolkien's. Uh, library of stuff anyway um there's no announcement as to what the stories are going to be adapted or uh if it but all that's known is it's not going to be crossing over with rings of power so that's just going to be confusing jimmy
1: yeah and it's not going to be the it's not going to be a retread no it's just extension Mm -hmm. so well it
0: didn't say it's not a remake so theoretically i heard it
1: was not a remake officially
0: oh okay the article i was reading didn't said it didn't there was no news of that but that could be more recent
1: uh, okay I'll, I'll trust I believe I I believe that I read it is officially not a remake because okay. I was like why would you remake them I mean I understand that the Tolkien estate apparently doesn't like those movies for some reason I don't know why they literally got rid of Tom Bombadil the worst <laughs> character in fiction so yeah but
0: it, it's, to me if they were yeah I guess that makes sense because if they were gonna remake it um and it was because the Tolkien estate didn't like those movies why would they go to the same production company like the same company that made those movies before that wouldn't make that would not make a lot of sense to me but
1: i don't know but uh i you know what lord of the rings i like it rings of power was all right i enjoyed it enough could be better uh, Very new line like of it i mean the original trilogy is amazing um so I would I would love to see more in the line of that. I never did see The Hobbit movies, so I guess if I oh, really, really wanted to see <laughs> more of The <Blood> Lord <laughs> of the Rings, I could just watch it. You know, I, like, I didn't know you'd never great seen great The Hobbit be great if it was movies. like Peter Jackson-esque, and I'm like, oh, well, it sounds like this thing that's already been made. Um, <laughs> yeah, just look, good stuff. Make good stuff. I don't care what it is. If it's good, I'll be, appreciate it and like it. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to go Bergeron.
0: Uh, I'll give it a Bergeron too, more so just because I don't really care about Lord of the Rings. never really have. I have yet to really have a Lord of the Rings thing I've I've really connected with. But I also should just rewatch the old movies because maybe I'll like them more.
1: Yeah, you can just buy that $500 Rivendell Lego set, Alden, and (laughs) pop those movies on HBO Max and then you, you'll gain a new appreciation for them.
0: It is a pretty cool Lego set. I Even though I'm not super into Lord of the Rings, I think it's really cool looking.
1: All but. That roof looks terrible to put together with all the little one-by-one one tiles at a diagonal. Yeah. And if you're colorblind like me, it's like, oh, there are multiple colors in there. That's but they're bad. the
0: exact same shape and texture, so it's, like, impossible to tell if you're colorblind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's there. It's rough being colorblind and putting together Lego sets at times, but first world problems. It is yes, it is a first world problem. <laughs>
0: anyway, yeah. um, next piece of news, more fantasy news, Jimmy. Uh, House of the Dragon season two. Is not going to be coming until at least the second half of 2024. Um, some producers behind the scenes uh, said that it's likely it will likely not be qualifying for that year's Emmys, which would mean it has to be it would
1: be June or later of next year. So yeah, no surprise at all there. Um, yeah, especially since they were not even officially greenlit right for the second season for a while. So yeah, <coughs> that's okay. Take your time, make a good. I'll go Bergeron. I guess. I mean, we weren't expecting it till the end of 2024, were we? Anyway, so. I wasn't.
0: I mean, I wasn't expecting it till next year. I guess I wasn't really thinking beyond more, more specific than that. But
1: yeah, well, it would be great. Uh, 2025 would be uh, it would be a long time. It better be stinking great if it comes out in 2025. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I got to say about that. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, Bergeron for me.
0: Sweet. I will also give it a Bergeron. Um, this is uh, some just straight up Bombadil right here. I'll I'll call it. Is that um, officially? season three of Mindhunter is not happening what
1: yeah i saw this
0: what uh what timing for you just having watched the first two <laughs> seasons but um david fincher in a recent interview said uh, about Mindhunter said i'm very proud of the first two seasons but it's a particularly expensive series and in the eyes of netflix we haven't attracted a large enough audience to justify such an investment i don't blame them they took risks to launch the series um, he continued to go on and said some positive comments about Netflix because uh, I mean he's he had like Mank Mank was a Netflix original in his upcoming film The Killer yeah, with them as well because
1: Mank makes financial sense. Well, but, yeah, but
0: I think it's I think he was just uh, he was complimenting their you know willingness to give him money
1: basically <laughs> to make whatever he wants. But yeah. M- like, liter- how can Mank be more financially <laughs> like? viable than mind Hunter season three it probably isn't i i just cannot believe that it's not popular enough. i mean it's one of those things that maybe another network can take or another streaming service um like an amazon or an hbo could pick up i wonder i think it would fit right at home at hbo they should just take it i think so too i think and i mean a lot of people said the same thing about hannibal which was canceled after the third season i never actually did see the third season of hannibal because i heard it's not as good um and the second season just ends on like really high, have fantastic notes so i don't know we'll see i do think it, <laughs> it stinks because they literally tease the whole storyline for two seasons <laughs> and they don't even get to it it seemed like the show is building to the third season and uh a third season that will never happen it's kind of like Half-Life 3 Holden
0: it really yeah yeah it is um there's a. I I didn't write down exactly what was said but I I think in that same article I saw that a writer on Mindhunter had talked about some of the plot details they were going to go through in season three and it sounded kind of interesting so sad that it's at least not happening for the time being. I could see it getting revived in some capacity at some point because the actors all seem to love it. And I mean, that uh, creatives behind it also did. So it really seems like it's mostly just a, a Netflix problem.
1: Well, course, good thing we have Red Notice and The Gray Man instead. Two yep. very financially viable things for Netflix <laughs> that definitely didn't lose the money.
0: I can't imagine that that Mindhunter would cost that much right like in the grand scheme of things like I feel like none of the actors are like huge and I mean it is a very nice looking show but I don't know it's not like the sets are like overly complex or there's not a lot of special effects like it's
1: not freaking Game of Thrones yeah like like, like, (laughs) like what is that expensive about it
0: I mean honestly I feel like the biggest expense would just be David Fincher. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Probably they can't afford me. I don't know. Anyway, Bombadil for
1: Mindhunter season three not happening. Yes, Bombadil, Netflix. U S O bananas. Yes. Sons of bananas. Sons of bananas. Great. Yes. <laughs> this uh, is a clean podcast,
0: Holden. Yes. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Thunderbolts is one of the, uh, the upcoming. Marvel movies I think it's coming out next year supposedly
1: the final film in phase five Harrison Uh, Ford is the president yes he's certainly gosh darn old enough to be the president of the United States am I right Holden yes (laughs) oh yeah got him
0: (laughs) yeah I mean he'll be just reprising his role from Air Force One a movie I've I've ever seen yeah yeah uh, but anyway, uh, Stephen Young has been cast as a character in Thunderbolts. It hasn't been confirmed who yet, but it will be uh, a big character that will have a major role in this and future films in the MCU. Nice,
1: he's joined the MCU at last. At last, yeah. One I mean, more I think Stone per- Gem and in the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> of all actors. Pretty soon, we'll be in the MCU, Holden. This yeah right. before
0: long i mean they could just canonize let's just put a clip of our podcast in there canonize us in the mcu i'd be happy yes. with that
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> i agree uh brokaw steven yun is a great actor mm-hmm. so brokaw for me
0: yeah uh for those of you who just maybe aren't aware of who he is he's uh he's like the lead actor in minari which we liked um we quite we actually quite liked uh nope from last year he was in as well he's also the voice of the main character in invincible i was gonna say so, he's already
1: got some superhero stuff
0: with yeah, invincible so he's great oh and of yeah. course he's in he's in the walking dead that's honestly probably his biggest oh, <laughs> Most i didn't people even know, know that from. yeah he was in like the first few seasons of the walking dead i feel mm-hmm. like that's whenever i see anything about stephen young like an article it's always like walking dead actor stephen young so maybe that's still what he's known best for
1: but yeah you know those dead have been walking for a while. You'd think they'd be runners by now. You'd think. Doot. Well, the show's done, so yeah, it's too late well. for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Um, anyway, Jimmy, that's actually all I have for movie news. Um, so then I think we can mo- go on to Togb.
1: Yes, Togb. We had a PlayStation State of Play, and boy, it was not much. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: incredibly Mm -hmm. underwhelming um really I mean (laughs) the best thing for me was the Resident Evil 4 stuff but even then I like stopped looking at it because I was like I don't like it was showing so much and I already know like the plot of Resident Evil 4 I know what all happens but I was like I kind of want to be surprised on what all like how this game looks at certain parts so like in that I feel like the gameplay demo or the montage they showed kind of went on for a while so i kind of at a certain point just turned away from it
1: yeah well my understanding too is that that game is coming to vr but they didn't say anything about the vr so that was weird
0: yeah it seems to well from what i understand it's not going to be a vr right away my guess is that was a late edition so it'll just be i don't know if it'll even be like this year but it'll be kind of near future kind of time
1: frame it won't be with launch yeah um yeah, I mean that looks that one's obviously like a more a, a it from it's campier, right? That one, Resident mm-hmm. Evil 4. Yeah, that one yeah, yeah that one's definitely campy. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of
0: hoping that's I hope they keep the campy tone cuz I, I like the first couple trailers made it seem more serious, but the, this kind of made it seem more in line with the original, so
1: I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily love the campiness of it, so um, but I've never played the original. I have no nostalgia for any of the Resident Evil games. Mm. But um, yeah, so that was there. If it comes to VR, I'll, I'll probably play it. I'm sure it'll be good. They have a really good track record. Mm-hmm. It's already a, considered a great game. So, <laughs> yeah, <Their> remakes <laughs> have been excellent. Um, but otherwise, the one that caught my eye was that Humanity game by. Which one who was is that? it, the makers of? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I know what you're talking about. Who was that by? It was somebody who's made a game that was, <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh, that's a good game. And, ooh, this kind of looks interesting. I'm going to look it up right now. Humanity. But you're like a a dog, and it's just like hordes of people. <laughs> and it's like uh, environmental puzzles. and But then you also have like combat in there, where it's just like hordes taking on other hordes of people and very stylized it's going to be available in vr too which is interesting oh really oh humankind is what it's called
0: or wait no 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 it's not sorry i'm like trying to look it up right it is humanity but there's another game called humankind
1: never mind keep going um but i just thought that looked kind of different i don't know it just caught my eye i was like oh that kind of looks interesting uh if it's very good i might look into it um especially if it's coming to to the vr Yeah, and it looks like um, there's you can like create
0: levels or oh yeah 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 you can create levels custom content which seems cool. Who are the developers holding? Enhance. And they made, I, I'm looking. What is I don't know. Keep you can keep talking about it. I'm trying. Oh, (laughs) they made they made Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect. Res Infinite. Res Infinite. So some like very fun kind of score based games that are visually very appealing and stuff. And a lot of people like them just cause they're kind of just fun kick back and play games. Yeah. I've heard good things about both. I haven't played either.
1: Neither have I, but uh looks interesting. Uh, so I'll give that one a broke. I guess never heard of it before this time. And then obviously like the big elephant in the state of play is um, suicide squad kills justice league. Now I like fell asleep. While well, this is going on, honestly. <laughs> um, I think, okay, what I like, I think the environment, the world looks really cool, and that's kind of Rocksteady's, like, other than their hand-to-hand combat in the Arkham games, the free-flow combat, uh, the world is awesome, and just exploring it in the amount of detail mm-hmm. in the world, Easter eggs, just how every single corner is just, barely or very thoughtfully crafted um so if they do that here with metropolis which seems massive that that's great and i would love to explore that and this is more of like the kind of that i don't know i 50s futuristic vibe yeah which is kind of like what what i
0: think metropolis and a lot of media is classically seen as yeah Like, like even Like in the Superman animated series from the 90s, that's kind of what it looks like.
1: Yeah, Gotham's very grimy and dirty, and Metropolis is like the clean city, and it's daytime and beautiful. A lot brighter, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be interesting to explore, Um, but obviously this game is just riddled with in-game currencies and loadouts and your battle passes and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I don't know, man. I I I'm, I'm tempted to make the claim that this is completely kicked off my top 10 games of the year, honestly. <laughs> like I I'm really open to this being good. And if it is, great. I mean, even if it has some of these like things that I'm not super hyped about, but it's just a solid game, I think I could get around it. But just everything we've seen so far, it I mean, you're right, the world looks good. Um but i'm and like visually like just in general the graphics and textures and everything look pretty decent i just almost everything else about it looks very underwhelming to me and i'm i'm really worried even with like the whole world exploration thing i mean i think a lot of what makes like the arkham games work in addition to just the level of detail is the things that you can do in it and all of that feeling very natural to like uh, Batman and his and his gameplay and everything and I'm really worried this is going to be like disjointed and not very I feel I, I don't know I'm just worried there's not going to be much to do in this city aside from the missions and replaying missions and running around and just jumping around and I I don't know it's I'm I guess we haven't seen too much of what it looks like outside of missions, but just based on how the, like the gameplay is set up, that's kind of what I'm worried about. And I'm I'm looking back to prior examples with like Gotham Knights or Avengers or whatever, which I think mm-hmm. this will overall be better probably because it's rock steady. But if those are anything to go off of with this type of gameplay, I'm just kind of worried.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you took Gotham Knights and you smashed it together with an Arkham quality game <laughs> and this yeah, is yeah. kind of the the child that came out that crawled out and here's what we got to live with I, I think it's an echelon above those Gotham Knights and Avengers just from the trailer now the story I think will be interesting I mean I I'm I love the Batman rogues Gallery taking on the Justice League it sounds cool there's so much (laughs) potential there I mean you would think the Avengers would also be a lot of potential my (sighs) thing is just these online co-op games where it's loadout based and it's based on all these sets of superpowers and whatnot. it's just you know in Batman you focus on one type of combat and they just buttered that thing up to perfection by Mm -hmm. Arkham Knight and here you just have so much more variety, and I don't know if you can just get, you can expect that same level of polish. And then it's online co-op. I just feel like in general, if it's not like a first-person shooter, the the more action, the hand-to-hand melee sort of stuff usually seems to fall flat, at least animation-wise and stuff. So I mean, we'll see. They spent eight years. This. Well, they probably didn't spend all eight years on this thing. It, it seems like they started things, and either those things got canceled or pushed off to WB Montreal. Yeah, well, yeah. From what I understand, I was I was kind of reading
0: some articles. So obviously they had Arkham VR in between then na- then mm-hmm. and now, which, which only is, came out like a year or two after Arkham Knight. So that wasn't like too much time. And then I there was at least one or two other projects that they ended up canceling at some point. So. This wasn't all eight years, but probably still a significant
1: amount of that time. Yeah, and um, we'll see. But when <laughs> when you defeat an enemy and they just explode into like four different yeah. currencies, you need to pick up. That's not a not a great sign.
0: No, no. I I mean, as you mentioned, I I think. It's really disheartening for me cuz the melee combat just looks bad to me um from what we saw and I think they were not highlighting it that much it, it to me my my cynical mindset they were not highlighting it that much for that very reason um which is disappointing cuz I mean the Arkham games as I to- as I mentioned earlier last week I mean it's set the standard for modern superhero game combat and so it's going to be kind of disappointing if it's not anywhere near that level it just seems like it's a lot more focused on ranged gunplay and superpowers and stuff which could be cool but it makes it seem a little less unique to me it it i don't know and i the other thing that just was rubbing me the long way wrong way is well two things. One, the enemy variety, at least in that one mission, looks very dull and bland, and I'm really worried yeah. enemy variety in general is going to be very dull and bland. Um, And the other thing is, like, all of the tough enemies had, like, just purple spot weak points that looked so lame. Like, it's so... Like, I, I don't know if you need weak points for those tough enemies. Like, I think I'd almost rather them um, just be, like, bullet spongy. Like, just... Or not necessarily bullet spongy, but just like you can hit them anywhere and it does the same amount of damage or whatever. I'd almost rather it do that because it doesn't look stupid. Because now it's just gonna like be I don't know, not that the game's gonna be like super immersive anyway, but it's gonna take you out of it when you have these giant, like, obvious video game weak points that aren't implemented well at all into the general design of the, you know, character or, or object or whatever. It's just it seems like it's it's just done to kind of keep up with the frenetic pace of the combat and everything but simultaneously i think it just looks really stupid
1: i don't know we'll see um yeah it's just a wait and see it's a game that i don't i'm not gonna pre-order it certainly um it was the one game that you were like oh i might actually pre-order this (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) now i'm like i don't think i will
0: yeah i'm it's just i'm and the Battle Pass stuff, it's, I, I mean... Which is
1: apparently only cosmetic, they said.
0: Yeah, I just, a lot of games do that now. I mean, where they'll use the only cosmetic excuse, but I'm still just not sold on that. I think it's kind of lame that you even have to get that stuff through, like, stupid... It's not even DLC anymore. It's just, you have to pl- you have to pay a certain amount of money and then you have to play this game for, like... 60 hours while this battle pass is going on to get all of this it's so stupid <laughs> i hate the concept of this yeah just, i don't like it either like oh my gosh and i, I there are going to be new characters and stuff they mentioned they're going to add later i don't know how that's going to factor and if maybe those will be free updates kind of like of
1: i think avengers at least avengers. some of them were free remember they uh, added spider-man
0: yeah, I think that was the last one they 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 had announced that like before the game came out. I think that was the last one they added. I don't remember. Anyway, was did pay too close attention to that game. Um anyway, battle passes are dumb, cosmetic or not in my opinion. Uh unfortunately, I mean, it's not as bad if the game's free to play like Fortnite. I guess I don't really care about that cuz you're not paying any money up front, but in games like this where you're paying probably $70, it's kind of stupid.
1: Well, I mean, Rocksteady is is no stranger to controversial DLC stuff. I mean, when mm-hmm. uh, Arkham Knight came out, its season pass was fifty dollars, and people lost their minds. True. Um, that was in the era of of Star Wars Battlefront the reboot, and that was like mm-hmm. a forty dollar DLC or forty dollar season pass in the game, and like four maps. Yeah, at the beginning. that was.
0: That was pathetic. I only played. I played that game when a friend brought it over, and I was like. And by the time I was done, like an
1: hour in, I was like, I've seen everything this game has. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, Arkham Knight was at least a complete game, and and the mm-hmm. season of infamy stuff is is fun to play. Um, so uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we'll see. I I'd rather have them. You know, I'm a single player guy. I'd rather have them craft a single player thing, not focus on online multiplayer have a certain character for a certain mission. I mean, they did s- s- varied combat styles. I mean, it's still hand-to-hand in the Arkham games with, you know, you had your challenge maps where you could play as the whole Bat family mm-hmm. or Harley Quinn or Catwoman and stuff. And those were satisfying, but it was basically the same moves, just a slight iteration of yeah. it. Yeah, so. yeah. It's not like Boomerang and Killer sh- or the Shark. King Shark um so we'll see um kind of reminds me of maybe maybe a shadow of war situation middle earth shadow of war where it's like not really people like it at the beginning but then they take out all that stuff uh and then it's and it's a lot better but uh we should probably move on holden huh yeah let's move on i'll give it a a bergeron because i'm not completely off like this is gonna be terrible oh my (laughs) gosh i'm not completely
0: off that yet either but i think just the gameplay demo completely killed a lot of my interest <laughs> i think it, this is definitely just a wait and see game at this point um no lot definitely no longer pre-order I, so the fact the gameplay demo did that for me i think i'll give it a bombadil probably all right i'm at a run
1: let's talk about the last of us yes
0: Alright, The Last of Us, Season 1, Episode 7, Left Behind, much like before, I say it every time, but we'll uh, refrain from spoilers for anything, or for the season, well, it's full spoilers for everything up in in this game, or for the show up to this point, and then also the game up to this point. Bit of a unique case this week, because Left Behind is pretty much entirely just the DLC chapter of the game, which... Mm -hmm. In most cases, unless you know of it ahead of time, you're just going to play after the game. <laughs> like, and even when I play, like the last time I played, when I knew kind of where it went in, I just played it after I was done with the main story. So Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this is the DLC chapter. Fits in the middle of the game and everything. But um, yeah, this is uh, pretty much, a in a lot of ways, a one-to-one retelling of at least the flashback sequence of the game at least from what I can tell I guess you played it more recently um seems just pretty accurate I don't know what you what do you think of the episode Jimmy
1: yeah I I really like this episode it's it's pretty faithful to the source material I mean you have a lot of the big moments in it Mm -hmm. um like the Halloween mask stuff takes place at the beginning instead of the end but I mean other, otherwise it's pretty similar I mean they do dance at the end but the Halloween store is actually at the beginning it's like a jewelry store at the end um, Okay, Um but like that's a very minor change I mean all the big things are there you got the joke book you got uh, the carousel and the photo booth mm-hmm. and the arcade I mean there's a couple differences in terms of the arcade still doesn't work in the game they have to imagine it's a game called. That's Angel. right. Yeah, it's I forgot a about that. Character Angel knives, yeah. um, which is a really kind of charming little quaint scene. Um, I don't have a problem with it working. It's just kind of fun in the game how it doesn't work, and you're just as a uh, player, you're using your imagination too, and it yeah, just th- relies on sound effects. And I think that's just really having cool
0: having it work. I mean, granted, I guess you didn't need this line, but in like this second or third episode when Ellie mentioned something about mortal kombat 2 um she's she says like oh i only know she's like she's like listing off things about it and then joel's like how do you know about that and then she's like oh i had a friend who told me about it but
1: now we know that she actually did play it yeah so um but otherwise yeah very faithful adaptation i mean the only thing that's like a major departure is that left behind in the game there's a whole other uh parallel story where Ellie is in a mall again mm-hmm. when Joel is injured looking for medicine and and that's she she finds out about like this crash helicopter and that squad in there. But that doesn't really work, I don't think, in the show, so them scrapping that I think is completely viable and justifiable. Yeah, I think probably that would be a good have, idea.
0: Yeah, it probably would have stretched out the episode too much. And I mean really its only purpose in the game in a lot of ways is just to add some action to yeah the otherwise DLC. the left
1: of behind stuff there's no action it's just kind of developing this relationship between yeah. riley and ellie
0: yeah so and considering the fact that i mean this show is clearly not really emphasized the action so much it,
1: it makes sense they'd cut it mm-hmm. yeah i think it would have just broken up the momentum and felt awkward Mm-hmm. um yeah no I I thought it was I thought it was great I thought a lot of things were just on point I thought it was beautiful holy smokes yeah and a lot of this was practically done too so they just built a freaking mall <laughs> like holy smokes yeah no
0: the the set design is is incredible here I mean I just I have to wonder like what the budget for that kind of department is because everything just looked so authentic I don't know you know if they if they filmed in an abandoned mall I I mean I feels like they would have to if not they did a really good job of you know at least making the framework of one um but the storefronts all looked great it was just a lot of fine details that most people would i mean even us would we would just never notice um but yeah i it all just looked great i loved it
1: yeah i mean the performances were excellent too storm reed killed it along with bella Mm ramsey i i thought they really captured the dynamic of that relationship yeah, Storm, very well.
0: Storm Reed, who was just in missing, uh, who which we didn't see, we um, went to Infinity Pool instead, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but she's also uh, Zendaya's sister in, in Euphoria, and she's also in something else. I feel, but yeah, Is she's, she's great. In,
1: like a Marvel show, I think Is she.
0: Oh, you, no, uh, no, 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 no. I don't think she is in a Marvel show, but she's Idris Elba's daughter in Su- the Suicide Squad.
1: Okay. That's what it is. Um,
0: yeah, but no, she's she's great, and she fits into Riley really well here, um, I think. um I don't know if I like necessarily the game or show version of her more. I think I, I like some of the addition. I mean, like all, pretty much everything with the show. I like the things they add here, just like the little lines of dialogue and things that uh, Riley does that at least I don't remember being in the game. Um, and in this episode, it's, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. So those additions are a lot more minor, but they still go a long way. I think.
1: Yeah. Um, only a couple like real emissions I can remember from the game to the the episode here is like they the big threat is like the water these have these squirt guns, these water guns that were confiscated. Yeah at the yeah, Federal was, School. I remembered that. And so that's not in this episode at all, but they have like a little cute water gun fight. And that kind of is replaced by the the Will Livingston book is in the, the game too, but it's it that has kind of taken the place of the the water guns because that was, um, kind of what diffuses the tension in the episode. Whereas the water guns kind of do that in the the show sure. or in the the game. Um, otherwise, and then they have like a brick throwing car- competition at the carousel. Oh, that's Again, right. That's yeah. just <laughs> to add some sort of interaction. But the fact that it's not in the show is fine. Mm-hmm. Um If it was in the show. Also fun and fine. Um, but yeah, they. I think they captured the big moments. I like how she phrased it as like, oh, the wonders of the mall. The scene with the escalator was charming and cute. Yeah, and that, I, was really that was That was a good addition. <laughs> um, even the Victoria's Secret part, it's kind of like you could tell Riley's putting out feelers. I thought mm-hmm. that was a good addition. Um, the scene where they s- spot the bombs. Oh, a big change was Ellie kind of defending Fedra and Riley more on like the fireflies that kind of conflict was more of a big thing Mm -hmm. in the show whereas the game it's just ellie being like don't leave me i care about you don't leave me because her greatest fear as she um confesses to sam is that she's afraid of being alone yeah and i mean
0: honestly i it's i struggle i i I think a lot of her using fedra i think Like her defending Fedra is her just kind of using it as a defense, like her kind of trying to rationalize Fedra and like trying to justify why she's staying and why Riley's going and everything. And I don't think she really to me, it doesn't I don't it doesn't appear to me that she really cares about Fedra but she doesn't also want to just be like, well, don't go. Cause I don't want you to go. Right. Yeah. Like she's just using it as a defense. Basically. Yeah. She's
1: trying to use it as a basis to delegitimize the fireflies in order yeah. to keep Riley to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I, I thought it was good. I would like the change. Honestly, I thought it was, it added to it. Um, like you said, I, I think storm Reed was great. I think the one in the Riley in the game is great too. I think the chemistry yeah. really was palpable on screen Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I thought uh, the part where she talks about how she took an hour the day before to break open the coin machine. Oh yeah, was great. <laughs> um, their dance scene was just uh, really well done. I I thought this was just a another pleasant, delightful bottle episode. And it's like I'm a, I'm very much I love linear storytelling, and then you get to the next point, and you go to the next point, and it all builds off each other. But I'm actually enjoying the bottle episodes of this show. show more and i don't know if it's just because i know where the story goes Mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't know i think i feel like there's just more focus in these bottle episodes maybe and and more kind of thematic resonance um because obviously you have this it's literally the moment she's like contemplating ditching joel Mm -hmm. that she has this memory jogged. Um another thing they changed from the game is adding all the stuff at the school. We actually never see Ellie really oh, yeah, at yeah. the school other than when Riley first sneaks back into her room and kind of convinces her to go on this adventure with her to the mall. Um so that was that was interesting. You have the scene where she gets into the fight mm-hmm. uh, in the gym. And then listening to some Pearl Jam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then uh, the scene with the the Fedra officer and kind of just saying, "Hey, look, you know, your life can go this way, your life can go that way." Him legitimately wanting her to succeed, but then also you juxtapose that with uh, with Riley and how she's just kind of a dead end. She's the sewage patrol or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so just him seeing Ellie having potential and no potential for Riley um, and that stark difference it also kind of parallels at the end when Riley's like hey we have two options so That's So again parallels with that first scene we either do this or this and at the end it's heartbreaking because option one you know we take the easy way out with the gun or option two uh, you know be all poetic and stuff yeah, and go crazy together. The line from the game, and then it's always heartbreaking when Ellie's like, "Well, what's option three? And it was—it's heartbreaking in the game. It's heartbreaking here. I, again, I think it's tasteful that they don't show Riley turn. Yeah, um, yeah, which they don't in the game either. Yeah, and it, and in the game, Ellie freaks out and breaks things too, and it is very heartbreaking. And I thought their um, kiss was really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even more well done than in the game and and just Bella Ramsey's facial expression afterwards and just like the pure unadulterated joy between them of like you capturing this like first love, first romance magic in between two, (laughs) you know, teenagers. You know, it's just that excitement of being in love for the first time and finding out the person you like likes you back and that's the first time they're feeling this and just the sheer overwhelming joy that that brings them I thought was really well portrayed and I I think they they really knocked it out of the park again I think having just the one clicker was a good idea Uh, more realistic in the show or in the game there's more Mm -hmm. infected um but uh yeah I I I, really liked all the touches they did with this episode I know that there people are critical that it breaks the momentum and all that but um I don't know, as someone who knows where the story's going, I feel like there's only two episodes left of the story to tell. Yeah, and it's so
0: yeah, it's pretty clear what the last two episodes are going to be. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, people say, like, I feel like most of the people that complain that this is like a filler episode just haven't played the game, but I mean, it's an important chapter in the story, and... I mean, unlike the game where you can easily play this after the fact, it it would it just works a lot better if you fit it in the main timeline. So, mm-hmm. it makes sense to be here. Um, yeah, no, I think it's necessary backstory for Ellie needs to be here, and it's it's very very good backstory too. So, I don't know, man. I don't I don't understand that that complaint too
1: much. Yeah, but I mean, I understand the complaint that it. I don't know. I feel like they could have added more to the show in other places. Like, I think the Kansas city part could have been fleshed out more in a more interesting way. Mm-hmm. And I also think, um, what was the other part I was going to say? Maybe this upcoming winter part could be part of, put it over a couple episodes, but, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think they're doing a nice job. I think this was the, one of the stronger episodes for me, definitely in the top half if not yeah. the top two. I don't think anything's going to pass that third episode for me. No. <laughs> it's going to be
0: hard. I mean, part of what made that third episode so good was how original it was. And, I mean, unfortunately, we only have two episodes left, and it's very... There's a lot... There's enough left in the game that that's pretty much what they're going to focus on, I think.
1: But Yeah, I'm... I. So the next episode, without spoiling anything, is Holden and my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, um... We'll see how f- faithful they are to it uh, here, because I think there's room to make some alter alterations. Um, Get, so we'll getting, see. W- with Troy Baker is yeah, in I was this, about to who say is, getting
0: Troy Baker, the original Joel actor from the game, is is playing a live action character in this next episode.
1: Yeah, and and if you haven't played the game or you don't know who Troy Baker is, he looks nothing like Joel. Yeah, <laughs> but he is very good at playing Joel. I think, in fact, like the making of the Last of Us video game grounded that documentary. They talk about how like he doesn't look anything like him, but then when he he starts speaking, it's like, oh, that is Joel. That's Joel's voice. Um, so it'll be really interesting. He's the guy who's talking to this character named David in the preview, kind of skinnier. Uh, with the beard Mm -hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see his character i was thinking beforehand i'm like we have not seen troy baker or ashley johnson yet yeah Um, i i
0: was sure we were gonna get ashley johnson this episode like i figured like it was the ellie flashback episode and there's i don't know if it's confirmed or not but strong rumors that she's going to be playing ellie's mom
1: oh okay so
0: so once again, not confirmed. Could not be true. It might not be true. But that's why I kind of figured it was going to be this episode. But we'll see. Maybe she's maybe playing there someone will be else. A,
1: a flashback thing. Yeah. A cold open. Yeah, that um, could be. That could be. All I know is that it's not a completely insignificant role. So we'll mm-hmm. see. I if she was in the next episode, it's weird that they wouldn't have showed her in the preview because they yeah. showed Trey Baker. So maybe she's in the final episode. Could they be. tie it in that way? So I don't know. Um, well, if she is playing Ellie's mom, tie in with Marlene, so maybe uh, later on we'll get some interactions between those two in a flashback, maybe a cold open of some sort. Otherwise, I think we should probably wrap it up and I, move on to a movie review.
0: I did quick want to mention the detail that um, that from, I, th- I think it was episode four, um, that Ellie at that point mentions that wasn't the first time she had killed someone. So there's, it's possible that might have been Riley or whatever.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, we don't know. It's, it's all implied, but that's just. Well, something she also did
1: kill the infected.
0: Yes. That's true. That's true.
1: And I love seeing that rush of it. Like she just had pure rush of adrenaline there. Mm-hmm. And then to find out that, you know, they were hosed (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: and it's it's just heartbreaking to like kind of imagine what happened you know next with i mean ellie you know obviously is immune so she watched riley go and she didn't herself so it's just sad
1: yeah all right let's uh should we do a movie review holden yeah let's do it what movie should we do first here let's do cocaine bear all right holden time to do some cocaine bear (laughs) cocaine bear reviews
0: all right cocaine bear uh, is the new big internet popular movie it's directed by elizabeth banks it's Uh, loose very loosely based on a true story (laughs) about a bear in the 70s who uh well the setup for the movie is honestly pretty similar to the setup in the in real life where um some drug dealers were dropping some cocaine out of planes in the middle of nowhere and it was kind of just a way to get it off of the grid but then the drug dealers on the ground would know where to look and everything so um but some people drop some cocaine off the plane, but then a, a bear gets into it. And in real life, it gets into the cocaine and eats it, eats like a ton of it, and then just immediately dies. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> obviously, this, this bear is going to overdose on cocaine. But in the movie, it's a lot more fun if we have a, you know, crazy, wild, weird slasher action movie to go off of. So that's what we've got a bear that's ate cocaine name is pretty self-explanatory
1: okay imagine it's jaws but it's a bear and it's on cocaine
0: yeah it's pretty accurate
1: (laughs) um it's not as good as jaws though not not in the same ballpark i would say um i think this movie is fine um it does the big thing that like every godzilla movie does in the fact that although like even godzilla it's like godzilla you can be more contemplative and stuff because Godzilla is like a symbol and a metaphor. A metaphor. These things and cocaine bear is not a freaking metaphor, okay? <laughs> like all we paid to go to cocaine bear to see a bear that was high on cocaine be bear jaws, and we got some of that, but we mm-hmm. did not get enough of that for this movie because for whatever reason, the people who made this movie. We're so interested in developing a lot of these human characters. Um, in particularly, I think the children are just, just very un un unentertaining and uninteresting.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. You know. Love I don't wanna bully some kid actors or anything. I think a lot of kid actors' talent or their performance is due to the director, so it could be, you know, Elizabeth Banks just not knowing how to work with
1: them. But I I don't even think the kids performance I think the kids' performances I thought they were great. I thought the kids did well. I thought I thought thought that was very good. I thought the writing for... I I was just like, why are these kids in this movie? Like, this is That's the true. least entertaining part of the movie. And yeah. at the beginning, they're kind of like the main characters. And then you get this whole other side plot, which is way more interesting mm-hmm. and way, more, way funnier, entertaining characters get involved. And this kind of starts to dominate the movie and you kind of forget about the kids. And then it's like, oh, it's the climax, the third act. We got to bring the kids back in. And the movie just hits a wall <laughs> and loses all momentum and the climax of this movie is so underwhelming. Oh mm. my goodness. It's a movie that peaks in the second act.
0: Yeah, there's there is a solid 20 to maybe 30 minute chunk in the middle that is a lot of fun. It's very fu- it, there's I mean it's even when the humor is the best, it feels like it's honestly written by a different person. Um, there's some solid jokes in there. Just the absurd nature of everything that's happening. Some good kills and everything. It's a very solid second act. And then the beginning and the end are just, it, it is, the whole movie
1: is a big hump basically. <laughs> like <Yeah>. a, it's <laughs> a, a big, bell curve. nice parabola. Yeah. For our, <laughs> for our calc <laughs> students out there.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not very good aside from that middle chunk. Um, But yeah, I mean, as you said, the the kids stuff, uh, Carrie Russell is the mom. And I think Carrie Russell is a very good actress, a very underrated actress, but she just has nothing to do in this movie. And her storyline is so boring. (laughs) Like I was so, I felt so bad for her. I did um, the character at the, there's, it's the very beginning of the movie, so it's whatever. But the guy who's throwing cocaine out of the plane it's played by Matthew Reese, who's Carrie Russell's husband in real life. But he's also a good actor. They were co-stars on The Americans, the FX show. Um, but he was also the guy who wasn't Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Jimmy. He was the guy who plays Tom Hanks, or what, what he was the guy Tom? who was not Tom Hanks in A Beautiful oh, Day in the okay, Neighborhood. yep. The other guy. Okay. Um But yeah, so disappointing that she didn't have more to do um but the other storylines were weren't great but they were at least more engaging and i think you could just cut out that entire kid's storyline trim down the movie a little bit maybe give a little bit more time to the other storyline and it would just be more lean and more fun
1: yeah um yeah no i i agree it's just like 20 minutes in the middle a lot of fun rest of the movie lots of unfunny bits that they just committed to in my opinion and these kids i'm like okay um the one who steals the show for me though is Margot martindale i thought her character was hilarious (laughs) and that she just nailed it um i know it's a bit on bojack horseman Uh, character actress Margot Martindale but she was phenomenal (laughs) and yeah no she was
0: I I was surprised to see she was easily the funniest part it was like it was almost anything she did throughout the movie was very funny um she She was
1: like the one character where when the bear wasn't on screen she was like she was the one entertaining part of the movie when the bear wasn't on the screen yeah
0: yeah she was she was consistently funny without the bear even um she had a gun that just had infinite ammo (laughs) it's really funny like she kind of i mean she does reload she reloads at once but after that um, she she fires more than six shots after
1: that well you don't know how many bullets go into revolvers these days (laughs) (laughs) and
0: maybe they're double triple stacked in there who knows there you go
1: um but yeah
0: it's it's very 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 funny um I won't talk too much about like what she does or what she says or anything and non-spoilers, but, um, other actors in it, uh, Alden Ehrenreich and O'Shea Jackson Jr. are the two kind of main drug dealers. Mm -hmm. O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s ice cube son. That's, I I just refer to him as ice cube junior. Usually (laughs) crushed, Um, crushed ice. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) He he played ice cube and straight out of Compton and he was very good in that. But, um, yeah. Uh, they were both, they were both fine. I didn't. The storyline with Alden Ehrenreich like being depressed was kind of lame. I thought I was like whatever, <laughs> I didn't really care. Um, but their chemistry was was fun, and I they were easily the more
1: entertaining aspect of the movie. Yes, um, yeah, they they were fine. Again, I think they should yeah cut the kids out, spend more time with them, give us another scene or two of cocaine bear violence and uh yeah that would have been more fun there's a couple good moments but overall i think a lot of this is just seeped in mediocrity
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's really squandered potential which is mm-hmm. weird to say about a movie called cocaine Bear. but i think like if you just lean into the absurdity of it it just would have been more fun
1: i think yeah like it kind of reminds me of weird the Al Yankovic story where they just went all in Mm -hmm. and it was hilarious (laughs) and entertaining throughout. Whereas this, I felt like they leaned in for that 20 minutes and i not that they didn't, I guess, lean in all the way, but like they weren't as self-aware as weird Al was of like, what is going to work in this movie and what is not going to work. Even, like, a Velocipaster it's Yeah. Like, that movie's so good because they understand what, like, it's... They know how to make a good, bad movie. It's an art. Like, you can't yeah. just make a bad movie. <laughs> you have to make a good, bad movie that's entertaining. And I don't think this is a necessarily boring movie ever, but it's just not as good as it could be in a lot of areas, especially when you do see the potential in that second act mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie is... just bad it
0: it definitely is is trying to harken back to like weird like mid-budget action films from the 80s and 90s and everything um but it just i don't think it's ever as consistently entertaining as those um it doesn't really it doesn't really have like a consistent style that it leans into it like kind of half-heartedly does a few things i think like the most annoying thing to me was when it had like two random cutaway things like flashbacks or gags it was like it seemed it was like inconsistent because they only did it like twice in the whole movie so it it was like surprising when they would do it but it kind of reminded me of like what bullet train did last year but just like half hearted at that because bullet train i mean Half of like had a ton of flashbacks, and I mean, you had Bad Bunny's whole part, which the whole gag there is that it's a long like flashback to not much, you know, payoff. But it just felt like those like cutaways here were there for no reason, and they were very unfunny. I thought I don't even remember them, so yeah, okay, yeah, that's they were unmemorable too, so that makes sense. I
1: mean, there's like this. bit with this dog that I just did not think was funny. No. And they I mean they committed to it really hard.
0: The the closest they got to a laugh from me was I guess I'll have to talk about it in spoilers. I I can't talk about it now. But yeah, yeah it's they start from it they start it at the very beginning of the movie and they just keep going with it. They're convinced
1: that this dog gag is hilarious, but it's really not yeah I don't know maybe it works for some people didn't work for me um Ray Liotta's in it he's mm-hmm. having fun yeah yeah he's I will good. say it does seem like people are having fun making mm-hmm. this movie at least yeah uh, I mean the I mean
0: interviews and like little you know marketing I've seen obviously it's marketing but everyone seems to be like super into it and everything so it's it's just kind of a fun movie that these guys it's it's full of a bunch of I would say like B and C list actors. There's not really like any huge star in it, but it's a lot of people that you know, you might recognize from something and they're all having a good time.
1: It reminds me of M3GAN a little bit, Megan. It's like it eh, had moments Miss Potential overall, I would watch another one of these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 fun. It's cool. I mean, it's it's
0: a movie that we don't get very often because, I mean, it, it, it felt weird going to because it's not like part of a pre-existing IP or anything. And not only that, I mean, we review a lot of, you know, big franchise movies or like smaller dramas or indie movies or whatever and not a ton in between. So it just it's like interesting that we have this in it so it's not something i mean like bullet train i guess is probably the last one we got kind of like that but even that was pretty big budget this is like a i'm guessing like an 80 million dollar at most like pretty just at like it was that high i
1: mean i guess the bare cgi budget
0: yeah and the actors they got yeah i guess i could maybe i could look it up right now but yeah just kind of mid-budget movie that we don't get too often anymore
1: yeah, I mean, there was a palpable excitement in the theater too. Mm-hmm. Like people were excited for some. Oh wow, thirty there. to thirty-five million. Never mind. I was gonna say, I don't. I was like, eighty millions a lot.
0: It so, is a lot. I just kind of figured because of the actors and um and the CG. But I guess I know it's really eighty million dollars here. is
1: just chump change to you, olden. But for <laughs> some of us plebeians, gotta use my social studies words when I have the chance. Yeah. I think it oh look, okay. If you liked Megan, this is fun. If you like if you're like Cocaine Bear, that sounds like a good time. You could see it. It's worth the knife uh for admission. If it's on streaming sometime, watch it with some friends. Mm-hmm. If it's at the cheap theater, discount night, it's a good one. Do you have to pay full price to see it? No. If you do, will you regret it? No, I don't think so. I think it's entertaining enough. Look, if you saw the trailer and you're like That's interesting to me. Just see it. You'll enjoy it enough. You might love this movie. I think there's going to be a percentage of people out there who think this is, like, the best movie (laughs) they've ever seen in their life. Um, Yeah,
0: and honestly, I mean, you mentioned it. It's a movie that I think the trailer does sell it pretty accurately. Like, it's – I think that if you – like, the trailer is very – is like largely unfunny aside from like a couple things for me. And I think it's kind of the same ratio of like how, how much I thought that how
1: funny I thought this movie was. So, you know, I will say that the best moments aren't spoiled in the trailer. Like there were moments that, mm-hmm and there one moment in particularly in particular that will live on <laughs> for yes. me yeah it was um, great i know what you're talking what a, about one of the deaths of the year contender already <laughs> um and i'm not going to say who or how uh, in our non-spoiler review but um yeah that's cocaine bear that's what i think it's for if you just watch the trailer is that interest you? does that interest you yes go see it does it not no cuz like you said all i think it's pretty spot on for what you're going to get in the movie mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, I think for
0: me, I am sitting at around a six out of ten for this. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time. It's only like ninety minutes, so it's. I mean, even though not all of it hits, it's really doesn't. See, like, as you said, it's not like boring or anything. It's it's paced reasonably well. I think it's just kind of has a disappointing ending for a movie called Cocaine Bear. I did see. I I thought about mentioning this in Tom and toms but um asylum is making a parody movie of this uh called attack of the meth gator <laughs> so, right. if, so so yeah if you want to see uh the asylum equivalent of this watch out for attack of the meth gator coming out later this year
1: nice um all right let's dive into our spoiler review of cocaine bear <laughs>
0: All right, uh Cocaine Bear spoiler talk. Um yeah, so I mean we can talk about easily the 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 best part of the movie is like the chunk of time where I think it kind of starts with a little bit with like the 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 tree scene which is in the trailer um it gets there's i think that was the first like Margot martindale laugh moment was when she gets her
1: butt scratched <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> that was
0: pretty funny and then it, the the bear killing the one guy is, is pretty entertaining just all the blood that's like constantly coming out of him and everything i was like okay um and then that's when it kind of switches mostly to um, the the drug dealers slash the park ranger storyline, and kind of abandons mm-hmm. the kids after that scene for a bit. Thank Cause goodness, then get, yeah. Cause then it almost get,
1: feels like the kids were added on. Like this movie is only seventy four minutes long, and we mm-hmm. need another fifteen minutes. And then we'll switch it to add the kids in and I can see
0: it. It's it's it seems like such an afterthought because there's the whole like conflict between the daughter and the mom that's so underdeveloped and uh that was okay. That was one of the examples of the weird cutaways was when it's like the cutaway to Carrie Russell like kissing the doctor. Do you remember that?
1: Oh yeah, that was that was weird.
0: Yeah, it was like it there was that and one other part. It was like it, they just like did it but it wasn't, like, a consistent, like, style thing. It felt weird that they had those in there. Anyway. Um, But, yeah, then you have the the bit at the, like, the cabin or the the ranger's office, which is... Part of it's in the trailer, but a lot of the best parts are not in the trailer there. Um, Marco
1: Martindale accidentally shooting that kid. (laughs) (laughs) Just kills him and doesn't even <laughs> flinch. <laughs> Which I just and I love the bear weird. just like on the roof and stuff and they're like <laughs> like what? <laughs>
0: that was pretty funny and then they were like the, the bear, they were thinking the bear's coming down the chimney <laughs> like just that whole part filled with a lot of really good visual and just writing gags it was like, like I said in non-spoilers, felt like this part of the movie was like written by someone else. It felt like it was just like consistently very funny, and maybe maybe it's more like this is what they had in mind when they started this mm-hmm. movie, and they like built around it to make a feature movie. Like that's the-
1: what I felt too. Like they had this scene in mind, and mm-hmm. the the ambulance chase scene kind of in mind, and mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, now we got to make this into a story somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the drug part works better than the kid part. That's for sure. Um, but the, just- the ambulance chase was great
0: yeah yeah it was well i before we get to the ambulance chase we have Margot martindale whispering bear into the stethoscope
1: (laughs) 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 which was it was just so
0: cheesy and so funny and very self-aware of what it was doing (laughs) i loved that bit (laughs) (laughs) i forgot i forgot
1: about these moments hold it thank you for reminding me Again, I would rewatch that twenty-minute chunk, honestly. Yeah, was just
0: great. Wait for it to be on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but the, but then we have the the ambulance chase, which uh, with them driving away and the the one am, the one nurse or paramedic, I guess, is is running after them and j- jumps in. You have the shot from the trailer with the bear running after, kind of jumping at it. But I I mean leading up to like the him kind of jumping into the ambulance. I just love Margot Martindale just blindly shooting <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's such a great gag. Her Like shooting randomly, because since we already know that she has such bad aim that she killed someone accidentally, we're just, I was just like waiting for her to accidentally shoot the other paramedic or something. I was waiting for that. It doesn't happen, but it added some extra kind of fun tension, I guess. Um, but yeah then the bear jumps in and then causes the best death in the movie which is uh margo martindale her she's she's on like the the I gurney it's the gurney yeah she's on the gurney and then the bear kind of lands on the gurney and then like it, the mom, like the weight causes it to flip over onto the onto the road as the ambulance is speeding and so margot Martindale's face gets smeared on the pavement quite
1: literally <laughs> it just is face so plants funny. into the pavement at like 50 miles per hour and then just smears
0: i actually didn't think she was gonna die too i didn't either because like and i think honestly it may have even been funnier if she hadn't died because like she had gotten so much like so much had happened to her like at that point in the movie and she was still like kind of breathing like lightly when that like i don't know if she stopped by the end of that scene or whatever but i think she did okay but I was like, okay, so she's still breathing, so she's still somehow gonna be alive. We're gonna see her, and her face is just gonna be like s- so messed up or whatever. But it doesn't happen. That's okay. That's not a big and complaint.
1: Right after that, the movie kind of fell off a cliff. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it was funny when the bear just laid on Alden Ehrenreich. But yeah, and
0: I think there, yeah, there, it was mildly funny that whole scene with the detective on the roof. Um, And I I was going to mention in non-spoilers, the one bit of the dog gag that almost got a laugh out of me was just when he's, like, laying there dying and, like, saying, like, you take care of that dog or whatever. (laughs) Because I'm like, well, he doesn't, he like, up to this point he's not caring about this dog. And, like, it's a dog he clearly just, and he just got it as well. So it's, like, kind of that juxtaposition, I guess, I thought was mildly amusing. But other than that, that dog gag is really, really dumb.
1: United States of America trusted you, yeah. he just keeps talking about how that police officer betrayed <laughs> him. just keeps escalating,
0: the which by the are. way, that twist is so unnecessary, it's so lame, yeah, I like
1: <laughs> it's like I forgot I, this character existed,
0: yeah, she was in like literally one scene before. who cares, and then she's I, like still just kind of good, she's not even like fully on the bad guy's side, it's, and then she leaves. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like
0: <laughs> there's no pay- yeah, it's it's weird that there's really no payoff to her like having betrayed the detective. Like she doesn't get killed or injured in any way. There's no repercussions really. Like she's just fine. She leaves without really a
1: scrape. I don't know. Yeah. Um anyway, uh, the climax is bad. Mhm. It looks bad. It's not funny. It's not exciting. It's just bad.
0: It kind of... I I was just like, why did they decide this is what the climax needs to be? Like, it it was. I get that you know, climax probably has to have the involve the drug uh, dealers. You know, getting that last bag of of cocaine from the bear or whatever, but. Then you throw in the kids into the mix. You throw in it's on this awkward cliff face, and all of a sudden, Carrie Russell's just pointing a gun at Rayleigh. <laughs> like, like it, it was. It was this moment where it felt like they were supposed to be like build up to it, where Carrie Russell's like, "Stay away from the kids," or whatever. But like, they had just met each other like thirty seconds ago.
1: Yeah, it was it's, very awkward. Yeah, I, I don't know. Felt unearned, even though
0: Ray Liotta did threaten them, but there just wasn't enough buildup to it. Um, I just felt sad when Ray Liotta was kicking the cubs. I was like, oh, yeah. those
1: cubs are cute. Stop kicking them. They just want to do a little cocaine, dad. Yeah. Just let them do cocaine, dad.
0: <laughs> I, okay, I, I forgot to look it up prior to this podcast, but I feel like I remember reading that they toned down Ray Liotta's death after he died in real life. They did, huh? I feel like and maybe I'm making that up. I I that could very well be. Don't quote me on this. I think I'll look it up immediately after the podcast, but I feel like it was originally supposed to be more gruesome and then Ray Liotta died and they toned it down. And it's still like grues- <laughs> <kinda> gruesome, kind of gruesome. We have the the cubs eating his intestines for a bit, but yeah. I wonder if it was maybe supposed to go a step or two farther than that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I think it could have, um, but it was still, you know, gruesome enough. So Mm -hmm. we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, then the jump off the cliff, whatever. Cocaine Bear is still alive. Maybe we'll get Cocaine Bear 2.
1: Very much a Jurassic Park ending where the roar of cocaine bear very yeah, s- yeah, reminiscent right. of the t-rex in the visitor's center of jurassic park
0: um alden aaron right gets the dog yeah all right whatever um ice cube jr's not dead yeah i don't <laughs> shaved
1: know ice or <laughs> shaved ice uh, um no crushed ice
0: yeah crushed ice crushed um, ice is still alive
1: yeah. No, yeah. I mean I'd see another one of these. Make another one, come on.
0: Yeah, make that cocaine shark movie or whatever. Mm.
1: Cocaine shark.
0: Did I did we talk about that? No. Okay. So there is um like within the last few weeks. I don't know exactly where it was at, but there was like a a similar thing where like there was like this drug dump like offshore and I think a shark ate a bunch of <laughs> drugs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so and it was just like kind of perfect timing for like the marketing for the movie because then i think like elizabeth banks was able to say like oh yeah i'd love to make a cocaine shark movie or something like that so it's nice kind of funny um
1: i mean tom brokaw was in it so that's always a plus
0: yep true he was in it finally got my first glimpse of real life tom brokaw yeah
1: but uh mm. i think that's pretty much it olden
0: yeah, I mean, we did skip, like, the first chunk of the movie in spoilers, but I, I'm trying to think. There's really not much to talk about there. No. Other than other than crushed ice. I thought he actually killed those people in the bathroom, but he didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, that little fight, he gets stabbed. He's The one bit that's kind of funny is his clothes just keep getting dirtier and dirtier. Yeah. And you can tell he <laughs> clearly does not want to get them dirty his nice
0: jersey and his new shoes he just got. Oh, I will say, if he knew he was going to a national park, why would you wear all that? Yeah. So that's on him. Come on, crushed ice.
1: Yeah. All Uh, right, Anyway. Should we talk about Fablemans or you got any last words here? No, let's talk about the Fablemans. All right, that's enough cocaine bear for this week anyway. All right. The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's. Semi autobiographical film, non spoiler review coming at you right after this.
0: Okay, The Fablements. This is the
1: get it because they're like people, but it's a story. Fablements. Oh, incredible, Jimmy. They're not real,
0: sleuthing um yeah this is the new steven spielberg movie one of the best picture nominees which is why we're watching it but also because it's steven spielberg and we like him um
1: but this is for yourself that hack steven spielberg yeah no he's great you hate jurassic park yeah (laughs) indiana jones i wouldn't put that on my top 10 most anticipated list (laughs) i mean i certainly didn't so (laughs) well Well, it's because it's
0: not steven spielberg yeah my, how much I love him but he's anyway. even
1: like executive producer or something he's got to be he, like m- he exec- might be he probably is I forgot to mention that Cocaine Bear was written by a guy named Jimmy Warden which is wow. almost my wife's last name but that was spelled with an A your wife's
0: was- last name is Jimmy Warden
1: yes okay. <laughs> 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 yes Emily Jimmy Warden that's her maiden name all right our synopsis young sammy fableman falls in love with the movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth armed with the camera sammy starts to make his own films at home much to the delight of his supportive mother holden what did you think of the fablemans
0: well just in case you you've been living under a rock and you don't know this about this movie already it is semi-autobiographical for steven spielberg um so I mean, it's semi autobiographical, but I feel from what I understand, it's 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 pretty close in a lot of its events and, and the interactions and everything. And it's a, a lot of just the names are changed and everything. But um, I thought this movie was pretty good. I don't think I like loved it
1: or anything, um, but I thought it was yeah really good i'm about in the same place my mom freaking loved this movie holden. really i was like okay she loved it i i <laughs> liked it um i think it's a little messy mm-hmm. but that's okay because you know life's a little messy holden
0: yeah it's yeah i think it's probably too long i maybe? agree um and i'm not even i think i'm not even sure if i can like point out a scene or two that you could cut out completely but i think maybe you could just make each scene a little bit shorter <laughs> it just kind of in general goes on for a bit too long the pacing of it is, is a little weird it, it kind of ends in a weird spot i think um and so kind of leading up to it it doesn't I feel like just the pacing makes it feel like it shouldn't end there. It should keep going or a little bit maybe, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's good in most other aspects, though. I think. I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I I think that the performances were really good, especially Paul Dano. I thought was mm-hmm. excellent.
0: Um, yeah, both of the parents were were really good. Michelle Williams, I think, is nominated for an Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. I don't think Paul Dano is, but they're both great.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed both of them. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think the scenes I enjoyed the most were when he was actually like making movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really I liked that, and I I think just him, you can tell that he's trying to reconcile these things, his relationship with his parents in particular, Mm -hmm. more so than his siblings who do appear in it. But it's like kind of, okay, his relationship with his dad, his relationship with his mom, and how that kind of impacted him as a filmmaker uh, growing up and just growing up as a Jewish person in different places in the United States um, and having kind of a complicated family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was all very nicely done. I I didn't realize Seth Rogen was in this movie. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know how I missed that. Until he comes and starts laughing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he was also good. I mean, honestly, all the performances in this movie
1: are good, so. Yeah, Um, but just like eh, little Sammy Fableman seeing The Greatest Show on Earth, a movie I have not seen, but just captured, you know, enamored by this, which ironically, or I don't know, ironically, but maybe parallel to my life i mean the first movie that made me i mean i always loved like star wars and stuff but like the first movie that made me want to make movies was indiana jones and the last crusade that was the movie that made me want to make movies because of the set piece action moments and all that and that was just like my dream so it's kind of funny that steven spielberg has (laughs) a story of you know where he is sitting in the movie theater and he sees this moment that makes him want to make movies
0: well I think that's kind of the beauty of him making this movie I mean not only because it is like a story he's been wanting to tell for so long but yeah it is that relatability of I mean he had this one movie way back when that he saw that made everyone or made him want to make movies and now he's inspired so many other people with just all of his movies. Yeah. So it's kind of just if, I mean, if you're in that position of someone who wants to make movies and you, maybe a Spielberg movie sparked that, whether it's Indiana Jones, E.T., Jaws, something. Um, Jurassic Park. For a lot Jurassic of Park. Yeah. I mean, then if you watch this movie, you might be able to relate to it. And I think there's just kind of a very genuine, you know, connection there. Yeah. Ready Player One. Yeah, Ready Player One makes you want to make movies. <laughs> makes me want to make a better movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Post. <laughs> um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And gosh, what was I going to say? Completely lost my train of thought there. Well, ironically, train of thought because it's the train sequence of the greatest show on earth that gets him. Oh, I was going to say this. Um, uh, that it it definitely comes across as like. Steven Spielberg now as an adult looking back at his relationship with his parents and now mm-hmm. kind of understanding what it was like from their perspective too. Yeah, and which, portraying it kind of portraying it from a third person perspective and and being i I hope at least honest about his shortcomings in those situations too about like his blind sides as a, as a as a kid as an adolescent with his parents and not seeing all the time, the complex nature of their relationship. And these two people who love each other, but they're very different from one another. And it's hard for them to love each other in a way that's compatible all the time. Mm -hmm. And then him kind of feeling torn about who he wants to be in his life and living up to certain expectations and what's the right thing to do. And I love movies, but is this going to be my life making movies? And, all that stuff so i thought yeah. that was just really you could feel this kind of reflection happening as he as this movie unfolds yeah and even
0: though sammy fableman who is the steven spielberg insert is the main character he doesn't i mean he doesn't self-insert himself in places that he probably wasn't in real life like as you said i mean it is a very third person look at his parents relationship and so there's there's plenty of uh, points where we see that kind of outside of Sammy's perspective and everything. And, um, Sammy really doesn't interact with that whole, with like, I guess the parents dynamic too much aside from kind of a key point, which I assume is made up for the movie, but I guess I I can't speak for the facts. Um, Yeah. I
1: don't know. I don't want to say anything about his life or anything just in case people don't know anything and want to go in. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, but yeah, he he does a really good job of just kind of taking a step back and, and examining it from an adult perspective. And then by simultaneously having his character in there, he can also kind of present it and maybe how he saw it as a kid. So he's able to kind of give two perspectives on everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, he's not always presenting himself in the best light. No, because <laughs> um, sometimes he can be cold or just not very understanding. Um. But yeah, I thought that was, I thought he did a really nice job balancing that. Like you said, I feel like it is awkwardly paced, a little mm-hmm. messy at times, but overall it hits, I don't think it's the best movie I saw last year, but I do think no. it was good and I have no problem with it being a Best Picture nominee. Like you said, performances are good. Of course, the cinematography is very nice. Um, I john williams music i wasn't sure how much of the music was original and how much was based on actual like classical pieces so Mm -hmm. if it was like there were some pieces of music that i thought were very good but they the mom was like playing them on the piano so i didn't know if they were like established pieces already sure yeah just because i don't know all my classical music (laughs) (laughs) but if that if those were written by john williams they were great if they weren't they were still implemented well um, otherwise it's a more understated score yeah I it, it was
0: it serviced the movie well I can't honestly really remember too much of the score um, so just saying I'm still on the Babylon train for best score
1: oh uh, I am too Oscars yes definitely <laughs> uh, and I'm not on the one uh, or all quiet on the western front train no. for scores please do not win that one holy smokes Please no not for me anyway <laughs> um yeah uh, final thoughts on the movie yeah i mean recommendation recommendation if you are a steven spielberg fan see this movie all right if you know anything about his life or you're curious about his life if you just like watching his movies check this one out because it's just uh, a way to get a better glimpse into who this guy is you know kind of before he was you know, it really is just everything before he even is on a studio lot, even. Yeah. Like, I was surprised that it's, like, literally, like, it's the studio lot and the movie's over. Like, yeah. it is nothing about his actual filmmaking career at all. It's like completely his childhood. Um, So it's like you're not going to see George Lucas or Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> or, you know, Martin Scorsese or anything in this uh, because it is before he you do see knows someone. all of them. Yeah, you do see someone, but <laughs> not any of the, like his, you know, band of brothers. No, no, that uh, he kind of emerges with in the seventies and eighties. Um, but yeah, so again, I I think it's a really nice, done very nicely. If you're just a fan of like dramas in general, or you grew up in that time period of the sixties, fifties, sixties, and uh, just like to have a you know very reflective movie about uh complex relationships with parents if that sounds appealing to you check this one out if those things don't sound appealing to you you're not a big fan of dramas you hear a runtime of two and a half hours and that scares you uh, maybe uh check something else and out instead uh you know but uh, i would say you know kind of middle of the table for me power <laughs> rankings wise for uh, best picture
0: yeah, um, it's definitely a very nostalgic movie, very warm movie. I think it's a movie that's, you know, pretty much anyone who just likes these, uh, I mean, likes dr- general dramas or autobiographical pictures. I mean, you'll probably like this movie. It's not like it's a very hard movie to to get into or anything. Um, and he does have a pretty interesting childhood, so it's not just like a a pointless vanity project or anything. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I'll give this an eight out of 10. Yeah. I'm also kind of, it's kind of middle of the road for me in terms of the Oscar rankings. I
1: think. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it almost comes across more. like a journal entry. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's like, here's Steven Spielberg's journal mm-hmm. for better or worse. Like you said, not a vanity project. It yeah. didn't come across that way that, that way to me. Anywho. All right. Let's dive into spoilers for Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. All
0: right. Uh, Spoilers for The Fablemans. I do want to mention the ending. um, David Lynch (laughs) as as John John Ford. (laughs) That was the best scene of the movie. It was. (laughs) It was so funny. I think, like, David Lynch, obviously very storied filmmaker and everything but he is just like the like a very interesting character in and of himself and the way he acts and things is so funny his voice is hilarious just naturally I don't know if you've ever seen like the clips of him on the Cleveland show Mm-mm. I never the watched Cleveland the Cleveland show yeah he has like a reoccurring role on the Cleveland show <laughs> and he plays I'll uh, he have to play
1: YouTube compilation this
0: yeah you'll have to and, and it, I think you can find an easy YouTube compilation he's easily like I don't think the Cleveland show is funny but every time I see a clip of him in that it's like it's so weird that he just like commits to these random projects anyway enough about David Lynch he's very good as John Ford um, and just John Ford's like advice to a young Sammy Fableman kind of wide-eyed Sammy Fableman was hilarious
1: just talking about the horizon <laughs> <laughs> see that Horizon at the bottom. Interesting. Horizon at the top. Interesting. Horizon in the middle. Boring. But there you go. Get the F out of my office.
0: Yeah, he, he got the PG thirteen F bomb in this movie, which is very funny. Um just a hilarious scene. And then it ends with a pretty solid final shot gag, I
1: thought. Yeah, which as soon as it goes that final shot, I'm like, the horizon's in the middle. What the heck? And yeah, then changes, and
0: then it adjusts. So nice.
1: <laughs> just pretty funny. Got some laughs out of the screening I was at. Um, but yeah, anyway, other parts
0: of the movie aside from the the very funny cameo at the end. What, do you, what should we talk about? I just
1: loved the the filmmaking parts where he's you know making the world the the western and he finds out oh you poke a hole in the film to make the muzzle flash and Mm -hmm. revealing that and just you know the the behind the scenes of everything in the world war ii and he's talking to the guy he's like oh you want me to like act and stuff yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) acting And then the guy just keeps going
0: forever. Yeah, that's that honestly that and that might be my second favorite scene, that whole filming and him just keeps keeping walking (laughs) and I I love the bit where Yeah. (laughs) I love the bit where he's like he's either talking or he's like the shots just lingering on him and then you have like the dozens of extras like run in from the background and lay down on the the ground. ground
1: it reminds me uh, of when my friends and i made our action film black white and red all over we had black masks for the henchmen because we only had like four of us so you know it's <laughs> like the same guy would be the henchman over and over and over sure. and then the black mask helps to keep the anonymity bit so you got to work with what you got exactly um, so it's just that's just fun and um yeah gosh it just it stirred up it resonated with me because it's like I loved making movies when I was little and all these things and challenges and and seeing him you know with the editing and cutting the film and stuff like that and obviously I was grew up in the digital age so I didn't have to do any of that but just like jogging all these memories of falling in love with filmmaking and learning about these different techniques and watching the finished product with your friends and sure all these ideas and creative solutions to things. Um, obviously, I am not Steven Spielberg. I am doing a podcast with Holden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's how far you're down. the, that's, down the totem That pole. is, I mean, Holden, you're only uh, lower because you're doing it with me. So, like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, that was just fun. And uh, I loved the uh, spring uh, the skip day video too, where the oh, ice cream, yeah, yeah. the as the bird poop, that was really funny, and mm-hmm. I wonder if that was like a a true gag that he did at one point. But um, <laughs> yeah, the how it builds and it's like oh the, they're pooping on it, and then the guy like is yawning with his mouth open. That's just really yeah a funny <laughs> moment, and yeah, you know, I have like to you have to wonder.
0: You have to wonder these these films that he's making, how accurate they are to like what Steven Spielberg actually made. Um, I think it's interesting that like the first one he makes, like the first full movie he makes is a Western movie, which is a movie genre that uh, Spielberg is notoriously exempt from having made. Like it's like one of the only types of movies he hasn't made. So I don't know. I mean, maybe he made a Western kind of home movie when he was younger or not. Or something, but, yeah, I don't know. But I, it, I'm i wondering how accurate those are to real life.
1: Yeah. Um, and then even, like, his parents describing movies at the beginning, and the mom is just so much more of the art for, about it, and the dad is, like, the science. of Like, it captures the frame, and then mm-hmm. it tricks your eye into thinking it's actually a motion picture. Mm-hmm. And all that. And just his face when he sees the train crash. And, like, oh my they're on the car ride home. And he's just, like, dumbfounded. Yeah, the, And he the, has the... nightmares about it. Because it kind of reminds me one of the movies I first – my first, like, favorite movie. I guess after Scooby-Doo, Monsters Unleashed. Of course. It was, like, my original favorite movie. But the first PG-13 movie I saw, and it became my sub- obsession as, like, a first and second reader was – the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and I actually got Nightmares of Green Goblin, oh, but really? at the same time, I was just enamored with it and obsessed with it, so mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of, of that, and that was fun, but yeah, I just, I loved all those bits. Um, the part where, I don't know what to think of the part where he portrays the like the bully in a positive light. I felt like that was like, Okay, you have power as a filmmaker? I don't know to manipulate to shape thinking and I don't know. I didn't I didn't know quite what to take away from that. I would like to hear what other people have to say about like that. I guess. Well, I per just se. It, it just seemed it seemed like an extra thing thrown on to this mm-hmm. contemplative movie where Steven Spielberg reflects on the relationships with his parents. And it seemed to kind of distract from that for me a little bit. Yeah.
0: I, I kind of agree. It is, it is weird. I think just in general that, um, that part of the movie is where some of the pacing problems come in. Cause I feel like th- his relationship with those bullies and everything is, is it's thrown in essentially in what feels like the third act. And it's, yeah, It kind of rushed. I mean, we get we get a few scenes with them, but it's really just towards the end of the movie. So it's this added conflict so late in the story. Um, And then, yeah, the resolution to it is quite bizarre because it is like one of the only things I like him and the bully kind of making up at the end. There is like one of the only parts of the movie where the conflict isn't just about either the filmmaking or like the family dynamic. So it does feel kind of out of place. I don't know. And then Back to the
1: future vibes. Hardcore. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I could see that. (laughs) The dance. It it does... It almost is like the one part of the movie where I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. It it, it makes Sammy Fableman just seem like way too good of a guy. (laughs) Like, he's he's doing this thing that I don't know if he would actually do because he's just kind of like... I
1: don't know, like... I don't know, um, but it the, it made the bully mad. It did, so. initially, yeah. I don't know, but then he beats the just anti-Semitic guy. Yeah. yeah. So. so, I don't...
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. That's probably the weird part of the movie that I didn't quite get, if it was necessary or not.
1: But, yeah. I thought, yeah, Paul Dano's character was heartbreaking, and the mom was too, and the relationship, obviously, with Seth Rogen's character, Benny... And all that. I mean, the the scene where she dances in front of the headlights is beautiful. But, you know, as he rewatches that footage and and finds out that his mom has feelings for his dad's best friend, it's kind of, you know, heartbreaking. You could understand why he would feel resentment towards her.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I I think it makes sense when I mean not that I'm speaking from experience or anything, but if, you know, kids in that kind of position, uh, harbor resentment for parents, it, it makes sense. Um, cause especially for shattering kind of a, what he probably sees as a pretty perfect family dynamic at that point. Like he's not really seeing any of the cracks at all. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And also then kind of, he, he identifies the filmmaking side of his personality so much with his mom that he kind of has to just shut that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and only, you know, he opens it back up and and like, here we are through filmmaking. It seems like he's finally reconciled in that mm-hmm. relationship with his mom, literally through a film, The Fablements. So I think that's pretty poetic.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have the scene at the end where, I mean, it's the, it's the mom talking to Sammy, but it kind of feels like, steven spielberg talking to the mom more so because it's like i mean she's talking about how you know like she's not gonna you know she shouldn't have to give up her pursuit of who she truly loves just like he shouldn't have to give up who what he truly loves doing or whatever mm-hmm. essentially and it kind of feels i mean as you said that kind of feels like their kind of defining moment and maybe him reconciling with his
1: mom in real life
0: so yeah
1: and then how you know the dad also loves mom Mm -hmm. still and he has to do this thing. It's like, this is his dream of working with computers and changing the world in that way. Yeah. Um, There was a, there's a cool shot that stands out
0: um, in the last scene with Paul Dano, where it's like his silhouette on the ceiling. It's kind of like from his chest up. And then we get a, a silhouette of his head on the ceiling and I didn't notice until after watching it when I saw, I think, the clip on Twitter, but it kind of like the, sh- the silhouette kind of looks like the mom kind of looks like the silhouette of the mom. Hmm. So it kind of and that's at the point where he's like seen the picture of, of her and Benny, I think is the Seth Rogen's character's yep. name. Um, and so I think it's him kind of, you know, literally the mom is kind of shadow and his, uh, his former self or something like part of his past and him moving forward and still her being a part of him, but him trying to move on as well. So I think it's just, it was
1: a pretty cool shot. Yeah. Um, kind of on the other side of things here, one of the funnier moments is the relationship he has with the girl mm-hmm. and then they start making out under Jesus and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> is watching them and, was yeah, funny. it was. It was a unique. Uh, t- I mean, because
0: I feel like more. Not that this is like a particularly common trope, but I've seen it more often where you know you have like a maybe very religious girlfriend or whatever dating someone who's not in that religion, and then their relationship quickly falls apart because of it. But it doesn't really. It doesn't fall apart because of that in this. It's just kind of a, an interesting relate. It makes the relationship more interesting. <laughs> because they're, they're just of different faiths and even though she's very devout she seems to kind of make amends with that to some degree I think she just likes kissing him yeah Then, well and she does say that so yeah. he's a good kisser
1: yeah so there's that <laughs> and uh, then uh, of course he asked her to like move to Hollywood with him and she's like no I'm not going to uproot my life for you we hardly even know each other which is yeah. good for her
0: yeah, smart move on her part, but mm-hmm. also very sad for Sammy.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else we want to talk about. I mean, they get a monkey. Mm-hmm. They chase after the tornado. Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, all the, like, relatives who are always saying all their opinions. Oh, the one, oh, what was it, cousin or uncle or whatever that comes and visits yeah talks about art he was pretty entertaining he's nominated for an oscar for that really yeah i mean he was great but he's literally in the movie for like four minutes
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's so like maybe 10 minutes tops he's in it so little he's best supporting actor actor's name is judd hirsch i believe um yeah a lot of people are just like oh if you're giving it to him, why not just give it to like David Lynch or something <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he he is good, and that is a very good scene in the movie where he's he's yelling at Sammy in the bedroom, and that's kind of where Sammy starts thinking about the balance between art and his family and everything. Where clearly the uncle went on the pursue art route and completely abandoned the family. But Sammy's not really quite ready to give that up yet because he's, he's just so close with his family and cares about them too much. Um, but it does it does set some seeds into his head for that'll come to fruition later in the movie.
1: Yep. So, nice. Anything else to add, Holden, to our review of the family Um... No I mean I I guess
0: the the first scene I really really like we're kind of working our way backwards like we do but one of the first scenes I really liked in the movie was when he does make that first little film with the train the trains and, yeah and watching it with his mom and the mom's reaction and everything and she's just clearly from the start like on board with this like passion he he's he's come up with and, and is always kind of supportive of him and that kind of that Just sets up that relationship perfectly, and it's so cute. Yeah, I love that. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much
1: it from me. All right, sweet. Then, Holden, what are you doing?
0: What are you doing? What are you doing? No,
1: what are you doing? What are you doing? No,
0: what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. Well, this week... I started doing something that I think last week or the week before I said I wasn't going to do, but I had some time. So I have started watching
1: the Rocky movies. Oh, nice. I've only seen Rocky Balboa. Oh, wow. So that's like the sixth one, I think. Yeah. Something like that. My sister really likes it.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't. I mean aside from boxing I didn't really know what to expect but the first I've only seen the first two at this point and I might watch the third one tonight after the podcast but those first two movies are so good I mean especially the first one the first one is incredible and it's only like I would say like 5% boxing it's really not actually that much of the movie and uh, the ending makes it clear that, uh, that boxing was clearly not the important part of it but it's so good. The music is great. I teared up a couple different times in the movie. It's it is kind of it some ways follows the sports movie formula, but I think it goes a couple steps further than that. Um and it's it's mostly just about like how much love that this guy has for just everything around him. He's just like Rocky Balboa is not a very smart man, but he has a lot of love to give is kind of the the thing I take away from it. So he puts it into his, you know, hobbies, his relationships and everything. And it's just a very sweet movie. (laughs) I was not expecting this. And Sylvester Stallone is great in it too. Um, so, and the second one is, is kind of feels like a part two to the first one. Um, it takes place pretty much immediately after the first one. Um, and it, it, compliments it very nicely and i think it also has just an incredible ending both like finale boxing matches and both movies are like harrowing the first one i like forgot i was watching a movie <laughs> i was just wow. like this feels so real um but i yeah i think if nothing else for sure watch the first one you might be convinced to watch the others too um uh, hmm.
1: is very, it on very a good. streaming movies. service
0: all the first five are all on Netflix. Okay, so that's what I'm going to be watching them on for the time being. Um, but yeah, I it, this kind of was just all prompted because I've heard like good things about Creed three coming out, and then obviously Jonathan Majors being in it makes me want to watch it as well. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll you know catch up and actually watch this movie at some point while it's in theaters. We'll see. Um, but then I also uh, watched since the last episode, two fast, two furious and fast and furious, Tokyo drift. Um, both incredible, incredible films. Now they're fine. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> not very good. They're pretty funny, though. Uh, two fast, two furious in particular is pretty hilarious. Um, other than that, I'm almost completely caught up on, on cinema. Finally, really liking that. And I've been watching Batman beyond, which this last week I was stuck at home for a good chunk of time due to do a snowstorm. Jimmy, you were as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up watching a lot of Batman Beyond and also building my new uh, Lego set, which is the Dodge Charger that Vin Diesel drives in the Fast and Furious movies. And I, I mean, you last week you warned me about Technic, but honestly, I had a lot of fun building this set. And nice. maybe. Like, I don't know if maybe it was just the Millennium Falcon Technic parts, but I like the first bag or so I hated building because I kept like making mistakes and I'd have to go through and like take parts apart. I was just not being careful enough with the first bag. But after that, I was like, oh, I'm like, it's just kind of cool how all of this is fitting together and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, making contraptions and everything. Had a lot of fun with it. And it's a very big set too. Wasn't expecting how big it was. Um But yeah, and then other than that, just been playing Jedi Fallen Order. I think that's pretty much it. Jimmy, what about you? What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, gaming-wise, I mean, the big thing for me was that the PSVR 2 came in right before the snowstorm hit, so I had a couple snow days to uh, dive into that. I've been playing Horizon Call of the Mountain, Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, It is a lot of climbing, Uh, climbing to combat ratio, I would say is a little high for me, but, um, I think it looks really good. Um, it's weird though, because things are look really good up close, but then like, as soon as they get like 10 feet away from you, they don't look nearly as good. Okay. Um, but I will say like some of the visuals are just like stunning. Like the vistas you get, like particularly there's parts where you're like on a waterfall or near like a bunch of waterfalls and it looks incredible. Which is weird because when you're like up close to waterfalls, they don't look great. But like <laughs> from a distance, they look amazing. Sure. Um, and yeah, parts of it's just really cool. And the combat is awesome. And the eye tracking is really cool. Like the semi aim assist eye tracking bow and arrow is great. And the haptics are really good. Mm-hmm. And there's something you, like, hardly... I think I didn't even really notice them at first because it just added so much to the immersion. But this last time, when I was playing before the podcast tonight, I kind of just noticed them, kind of just uh, appreciated them and singled them out and realized how they were affecting the gameplay. Um, just, like, the subtle things that the adaptive triggers will do and just the, the very premium-feeling haptics in the controllers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's fun to, like... Build all the different types of arrows and craft them and switch them out and yeah, it's it's really cool and i I thought the kind of you're in like this ring when you go into combat a lot of times would be kind of annoying, but it's i i I think I actually enjoy fighting the smaller machines more than the bigger ones um but yeah, I mean i and I'm not amazing at the combat, but there are parts where it is more open with, like, some watchers, and you actually, like, go into stealth in, like, the reads. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's fun. The story is, I have no idea really what even is happening to the story because I have not really paid attention when anybody's <laughs> talking. But I was reading about it today, and they talked about how the eye tracking, like, the NPCs will actually, like, look at you and make eye contact with you. Really? And it's something I didn't really notice at first, but when I read that, and I paid attention. I was like, "Oh, they actually do." And like, because I played like uh, Blood and Truth on the PSVR one, and that's one thing where it's like obviously they're looking at this one point, mm-hmm. and if you move around, they're not looking at you anymore. Or Skyrim sure. VR and that sort of thing. Whereas this, it's like no, they're looking at you. It's like like a real person. And if you look at one of the characters, like they will look like they'll stop and look back at you in a way that's very natural. Oh, okay. Um, that's cool. Kind of like shove them, to, <laughs> to, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I'll just shove them a little bit. And I kind go of like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, visually lots of it is great. Uh, personally, I, I do not find the PSVR two to be that comfortable and I have messed with it quite a bit. I don't know if it's just the shape of my head in particular or the way my eyes are or the fact that I have glasses, any of those things contributing to it. But I just don't think it's as comfortable as the first one. It definitely has like a sweet spot that you have to be like pretty on. Um, But otherwise, the thing that I had some tracking issues with the headset at first, but then I turned on like there's a setting where you can turn on the tracker on TV or like this little screen. That'll border around your gameplay, and that mm-hmm. has basically fixed all my tracking issues, except when I found that sometimes if I look straight down, it will lose tracking. Mm, um, okay. But it helps to have some lights on in the room, which is weird coming from PSVR 1, which is I was a big no-no, is to have lights on, so getting used to that. But yeah, really fun. Um, uh, the headset vibration is cool, too. It's like when the thunder jaw comes out and is roaring in your face, it's like... You feel the presence. Oh, nice. That does a good job for immersion too. I tried some other demos. I tried, there's like a song of smoke one. I don't know. It was whatever. I put that one away. I have swordsman VR and that one. I just like, you can just jab people. <laughs> like I literally <laughs> put it on the hardest difficulty. I could still just jab people and they die. <laughs> and it, I feel like they could bump the resolution up more in that game because it, okay. It was like upgraded for PS5 and PSVR. It didn't really feel like it Um, other than just the controllers worked and it worked on the PSVR too. Uh, Otherwise, Mm. the cool one that I tried, which you would not have any interest in, is I did the NFL Pro Era or something (laughs) demo. (laughs) And you're like a quarterback. I'm like, it actually looked pretty good and it was pretty fun. But I don't know if I'd actually buy the whole game. It was a pretty cool demo though. Um, Otherwise, I haven't tried the Star Wars game yet. I do have Resident Evil Village. That is what I'm planning on playing next. Oh, nice. Um, I've, I've heard, heard the really VR good... port for it's pretty good, too. So. Yes, I've heard it's very good. And I've heard that Pistol Whip is really fun, too. So I might try that out sometime. Yeah. And the Kayak game, Kayak VR Mirage or something looks really fun. So I might try that out, too, at some point. Otherwise, I have been playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order, um, which is really fun. Getting close to the end of that one, I think. Just a couple hours, two, three hours left, I think. And then, um, TV wise, uh, for whatever reason, Book of Boba Fett will not download on my Amazon tablet, <laughs> even though every other show on Disney Plus will. So I had when I I watch shows when I work out on the elliptical, and there's no Wi-Fi in my apartment uh, workout room. So I've been watching the the Murdall Mysteries, holding the Netflix show that everybody's talking about. So I've seen the first couple episodes I, of that. What is that? It's the number one thing on Netflix. Holding you living under a rock, the Murdall Mystery. What is what a is Southern that? scandal? Oh. Um, you just it's only three episodes, and apparently oh wait, the no, trial is like going on now.
0: Oh, that's right. I think my my aunt was talking about it this weekend. <laughs> I don't. I think that's the only thing I know about it.
1: Yeah. Um, otherwise that is, I have, I did watch the Mandalorian just end of season two on my TV and then the book of Boba Fett, those first t- the the six and whatever the, the first two of the last three episodes, mm-hmm. which I was like, man, I honestly don't like the season two finale of book of Boba Fett. Or of uh Mandalorian. I think it's Mm -hmm. like a weak episode. The one where you know the big cameo comes in at the end. I just don't think it's a very well made episode. And then I think it's directed by the guy who directs directed Ant Man. Oh, Peyton Reed. Yeah, I think he's the director of that. And I'm like, well, I guess it (laughs) 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 tracks. Um because I Yeah, underwhelming dark troopers. Um I thought it was just weird and kind of big moments that were kind of dull. And I think the, I don't know. Uh, but uh, again, the book of Boba Fett Mandalorian episodes are very good, even though they're just in the middle of the show about Bo- Boba Fett, apparently. <laughs> um, And then I'm going to watch the finale, which I remember being not good. So, but then I'll be all caught up before Wednesday, olden, Cause we have the first episode of season three of the Mandalorian, uh, which yeah. we'll be reviewing next week. Of course. We have so much stuff on the docket now. So yeah. um, I think that is everything. Okay. Well, yeah, the
0: next week, yeah, we'll be doing first episode of Mandalorian. I'll have to watch a, a recap or something before Wednesday. Um, Didn't get around to rewatch. I, I kept thinking about starting to rewatch it. And then I was just like, I don't know if I really feel like it. I'll just let Jimmy be the one that remembers it really well. um and then yeah and then we'll have the episode eight of the last of us um and then we have some oscar nominees still this is really the last week before the oscars so we should do tar i think tar is going to be a big one and then the other two we have left are women talking and elvis yes um so you'll get
1: some combination probably i probably at two
0: of them yes you i
1: know. would say and then we're gonna do the other one the week afterwards yeah did you prob- say we have a new release this week no we
0: no. Uh, well this week is creed 3 which, which neither of us are gonna see because
1: we haven't seen the other movies so yeah if- we haven't seen the other two sorry if you're a big creed fan we've heard they're good mm-hmm. we've heard the new one's good so enjoy that we just will not be reviewing that one Holden yes. will see it eventually, sounds like. <laughs> Give us a thoughts. Uh, and what are you doing in the future? Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll do two of those, and uh, Mandalorian and Last of Us, yeah. So yeah, that will be a jam-packed episode, just like this one, Holden. It's just the content never stops. It never stops, yeah. The I, audience in two demands weeks,
0: it. In, in two weeks when we have the Oscars, Last of Us, Mandalorian, Scream,
1: Sixty-five, yeah, jeez, my gosh. well, we won't do that. Are we gonna do the Oscar reactions too? Well, we yeah, we will, will. Cause we're Monday. Shoot, dang Well, <laughs> that's going be, be st- the longest episode, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, March is freaking stacked. Isn't yeah, it? it's weird. I don't. It's, remember it's not I'll like re- it's like oh, we'll watch sixty-five and scream just separate weeks.
0: No, because then, like, the next week is Shazam, and then the week after is John Wick or something. Like,
1: Yeah, so we got, yeah, Creed, which we're not even seeing. 65, Scream 6, same week. Shazam, week after that. John Wick, week after that. Dungeons & Dragons, week after that.
0: And then Mario. Yeah, it's just, we got a stacked couple months coming
1: up. Yeah, (laughs) Mario. Gee whiz. (laughs) Mario, Renfield, Bo is Afraid. My goodness. I think, I think that we might have a, a break for like one week and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So <laughs> it just will not end. Got and lots be- of
0: good content coming from us then.
1: Yes. just a, <laughs> r- It's just going to be a race towards episode 200 for us. Yes. So full steam ahead. Buckle up. Prepare for these two-hour episodes to be the norm. Regular. <laughs> we will not have lives, on. Nope. Uh, yeah, if you
0: want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast.gmail.com at or by donating to our Patreon. And
1: I believe that's it, Jimmy. Awesome. We will see you next week when we got a couple of Oscar movie reviews, Last of Us and Mandalorian. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, say goodbye to your pantalones. That's right. Hasta la vista. Adios, pantalones. <laughs> Love you. That One Movie Podcast